And I've realized over the years that there's merit into not being the smartest person in the room. So I have a habit of surrounding myself with people who are smarter than me. Welcome back to the Faculty Factory Podcast. And today's episode is one of our H3 series, a triple H, Habits and Hacks from Hopkins. And today we have Dr. Amir Manbaki. Hi, Amir. Hi, Kim. How are you? I'm good. Thanks so much for doing this with us. We've been talking about um, habits, things that we do in our careers, around our leadership, what we've learned, routines, any practices that you put into place that, you know, I started, you know, discovering other people's habits and thought we need to, you know, share the kind of cool stuff we do because there's so much wisdom in a group. I just wanted to put it out there and let's just share with the community. So what habits and hacks did you want to share today? Thanks for having me. I've learned so much from Faculty Factory that, uh, you know, and you brought so many gurus to these series that I may be repeating some of the stuff I've actually personally learned from others. But I guess one of my habits is listening to Faculty Factory and I would say other professional development things. So, um, you know, Faculty Factory is one of my habits and routines. And, you know, it's not the only one. I also listen to, I, I go to YouTube and, you know, other things. I don't mean to say the commercial means, but for example, the master class is something that I go there and I try to learn some of the things that are people even, you know, stuff that I didn't necessarily learn in my PhD, how to talk to different people, different personalities, you know, how to have negotiations, difficult conversations. And I think one of my main habits that, you know, I've been trying to expand on is trying to learn the things that as life brings me challenges, I realized that I should have had those skill sets yesterday. And I think you've been a wonderful mentor to me since 2016. So I've learned a lot from you. And uh, I think going from faculty factory to WAC sessions to the junior faculty leadership program, those are all examples of the first habit I wanted to talk about. So I'm too junior to give other people advice. But if there's one advice you can give to people who are even more junior than me is Keep improving yourself. Keep learning. There's so much you need to learn. Life is going to throw at you stones. So be prepared for it. I love that you started off with taking advantage of learning new um, opportunities and YouTubes and masterclass and podcasts and the WAGs you mentioned, the writing accountability groups. And you said that you're junior and it and I've kind of skipped over introducing you because I know you so well and I've seen you and you take, you do take advantage of all the courses we offer in the Office of Faculty Development and writing accountability groups and junior leadership, faculty leadership training programs. So I forgot to have you introduce yourself. So please, before you go on to the rest of your habits, why don't you tell folks your degrees and your affiliations? Cause you are kind of a really cool background and you've got a, a lot of um, interesting connections across the, the Hopkins institution. Sure. Thanks very much. Um, so I, I guess I'm an engineer by training and, you know, I'm an ultrasound engineer, biomedical engineer. And so when I did my PhD, I've had after that, I went to Harvard to do, um, you know, a postdoc and my, all my three degrees was at the University of Toronto. So after uh, Toronto and Boston, I came here to Baltimore and Hopkins. And when I met you and I got introduced to the Office of Faculty Development, you know, I was a faculty, but it was, you know, a research faculty and then a lecture, a teaching faculty. And I always wanted to kind of make an impact beyond just teaching. And teaching was amazing and is amazing. I, I you know, like that keeps me awake in the middle of night, the notion of nurturing the next generation. 
and I learned from them too, but I also wanted to do both research and teaching. And I guess what happened is, you know, uh, through years of working on myself, improving and, you know, taking advantage of the resources Hopkins has to offer, especially Office of Faculty Development, I was able to get promoted to tenure track. So right now I'm an assistant professor of neurosurgery and biomedical engineering. My primary appointment is neurosurgery, which is an interesting mix. I mean, I'm actually very humbled that I'm the only engineer in a clinical department. And on a daily basis, I get to see different clinicians coming to me with their ideas, trusting me with what they have that may become the next big thing. And I guess from that point onward, I started working on different grants. I probably submitted about 40, 50 grants. I have a huge wall of shame, I would say, and got a lot of rejections. But despite the challenges of 2020, in terms of grants, it's been interesting for me. I've been fortunate enough to not only keep my job, but also get a good number of grants. I got a career development award um, by Institute for Clinical and Translational Research, a KL2 uh, Research Scholar Award. That's an NIH source of money. Uh, we got a contract for about a year of NSF, National Science Foundation. And most recently, I teamed up with my mentor uh, and now partner, and we submitted together um, a grant to Department of Defense, DARPA. We just got the news probably about a week or two ago that you know we were approved to have a five-year grant for about $13.5 million to basically build futuristic things, uh, engineering devices for small cord injury patients. So going from racks to riches overnight, I guess. Wow. Yeah, just another um, Hopkins slacker here on the podcast, <laughs> Dr. Manbach, $13.5 million, not too shabby. So what other habits and hacks would you like to share uh, with the listening community out there? How, how can folks be as successful as you? What's made you so successful? I guess if anything made me quote-unquote successful... I would say it's kind of aligned with the first point I said, but a little different. So continuous learning, but also realizing the power of mentorship, you know, the ability to have um, mentors and the ability to have people who champion for you. And uh, from your your work trust, I realize those are not necessarily the same people, but the ability to understand what are some of the things I need to learn and be able to seek out help. And I would say, you know, this award, as much as worth day and night for it, um, you know, the final award that I talked about. It's also mainly um, because of the people I've surrounded myself with. And I've realized over the years that there's merit into not being the smartest person in the room. So I t- have a habit of surrounding myself with people who are smarter than me. Mm-hmm. And from time to time, time to time, it feels uncomfortable because I want to be the least smart person in the room. Um, but also, you know, bringing together groups as much as much like what you do, Kim, like the strong community you've brought together for faculty development. I think that has helped me in the long to be successful. So I would say the second thing, it's probably 1.2, I would say, in addition to continuous learning is mentorship. And there's another thing I, I wanted to share, and this is also aligned with line of, you know, what um, Office of Faculty Development teaches us. And your book came uh, lag, Writing Accountability Groups. So I think early on, I would say probably about three years ago, I was exposed to this lag. And you know, like the first time I you know, heard the term, it was like, you know, um, wag as in like dogs wagging versus barking. Yeah. And uh, when I read the more about it, it, the more I realized, wow, like this is such a important habit. And it became so second nature to me. And I formed, um, you know, really um, good friendships. And, you know, I probably am like so addicted to it that, you know, I have two wags and 
you know, it feels like cheating on your friends when I told them, like, you know, I'm doing a second like in the same week. And so what I do is that every week we get together, uh, we hold each other accountable and we basically tell them what we write. And, you know, they tell us, you know, did you do it? And, um, you know, I think realizing that I'm going to take this quote from you, Ken, you know, writing is my job, so do it every day, right? I guess that's been something I've always tried to stick with. And so, yeah, along, you know, to kind of summarize these two, three habits, I would say the continuous learning, the mentorship, the writing, all those things, as well as some of the other things I've learned in, you know, the junior faculty leadership program that I would love to talk about if, you know, you want me to kind of continue sure, going. Yeah, on this. Go ahead, share some more habits. I'm sure people want to take advantage of it. Absolutely. So I, th- I guess for somebody who's into his second year of being an assistant professor, I'm still like learning, you know, what are some of my tasks, right? And what is it that I want to make out of it? Why am I here? And what, what are the expectations and what can I make out of it that, you know, keeps me awake in the middle of the night and kind of gives me that feeling that I'm making an impact. So as I was coming into this job, understandably, and obviously, you know, I knew scholarship is one of my main jobs and writing grants and, you know, getting rejections and developing a tough skin is another job. Same thing with education, nurturing the next generation. So I would say scholarship, grant writing, and you know, education, none of them surprise me. Although, yes, it, at times it feels really hard when you get rejections for the wrong reasons, or you just, there's so many times that I've said, it's just not fair. But you know what? It's life. <laughs> we move on. But I guess, so those things I was expecting already. The other things that caught me by surprise was there's so many, I would say, people skills that none of my educations and degrees kind of prepared me for. And I guess, you know, going to all these self-improving workshops and the junior faculty leadership program that you taught us, I think a lot of those things have helped me immensely. So for example, you know, like I didn't realize if you were going to this job, like, you know, if you have grants with multiple institutions, multi-year awards, big amounts of money and full professors, and if I'm ultimately supposed to report to the funding agency and they, there are subcontractors, there's a little bit of a awkwardness in the fact that I'm the assistant professor, I'm the junior, but they kind of report to me. And not all the time I can tell them, you know, what I want to tell them. So I have to like gauge the water. And I realized, you know, how important it is to deal with difficult people, having difficult conversations. And I didn't have all the answers. Like, what do you do when somebody talks over you? I guess all of us need to be equipped with those things. If somebody keeps talking over you, how do you kind of set those healthy boundaries and kind of say, have that empathy, but perhaps a tactile empathy, kind of like say, I understand and I hear you, but here's what we need to do. It's not me. It's the requirement of what we signed up for. I guess all those things really matter. And if it wasn't for the type of workshops you have um, for the self-improvement I've had, I would be kind of paralyzed. And I think one thing that sticks out is Meyer-Briggs type indicator. So, you know, early enough, you know, like when we had the course, the workshops, I realized, well, sounds like I'm an ENFJ. And, you know, at the beginning, there was a lot of enthusiasm. I was like, well, you know, I I was checking celebrities and I'm like, I'm like this person and that person. It's exciting. But then then I realized when I'm talking to difficult people and or not necessarily difficult, it's not the people, it's the situation that brings the, is the adversary. People are coming from different backgrounds. They're they have different interests and have different job requirements they need to meet. So when I realized it's the situation that's the adversary, then I think one habit, going back to our habits, one habit of development is when I get into these difficult conversations, as soon as I want to open my mouth 
and just say the same thing I've probably said three times. I open my mouth and I'm like, oh, wait, you know, I'm an ENFJ. What is this person or what may they be, right? right? And if I can develop some of those patterns and if this person's more of a, if they're a feeler, sensor, if they're more of a thinker or they perceive as opposed to judge, then I think I can, you know, have a different argument with them. Like, you know, kind of bring up another type of argument right. in the conversation. I think that's helped me a lot. So thank you for that. I mean, if it wasn't for that, I would probably just say the same thing 10 times. The other person would probably say the same thing 10 times, which happens a lot and no results. I guess I'm not getting results yet completely. It's not perfect. But I think your teaching point and that class helped me kind of understand that as I try to speak, I say, wait, what? it's not about me. It's about the situation. It's about the other person too. Kind of trying to understand where they come from. Cool. Do you have another one for us? Hmm, let me think about it. <laughs> I didn't mean to put you on the spot. I knew you had a list. And I, you've given us so many good things about continuous learning and mentoring. And I love how you said you want to surround yourself with the smartest people in the room. That's my thing, too. I learned so much from like a sponge. And then you mentioned the WAGs, the writing accountability groups, and just people skills. I think that's really some important. And, and like you said, too, you acknowledge nothing is perfect and we don't always every day do the same thing perfectly but this heightened awareness i think has certainly uh, obviously i think helped support your uh, incredible success in the short time you've been here at hopkins thank you and uh, i think uh, one thing that also helped me a lot recently is trying to understand everybody's strengths and weaknesses not everybody's perfect me included and so i think expecting someone whether they're their trainees or leadership or peers to do something your way, A, it means I'm probably not listening to them. Uh, it's probably not either the way because I say it so, or also maybe they're just not capable of doing the way I want them to do. So I think trying to understand others has been something I've been personally working on recently mostly. And I do have, now that I found my list again, I do have other habits I can talk about. I guess some of them are more personal as opposed to like professional habits. Uh, and I know um, this may be a little bit of a repeat to what Dr. Yusen talked about, you know, when he was talking about his own habits. So, I, you know, when I get up, I think it's the runner of the day. So I, think, I guess Dr. Yusen was saying like he exercises a lot. And sometimes I do that too. But for me, I think the lockdown, uh, lockdowns and like the 2020 uh, played a role in terms of, you know, when you bring down the noise of everything else around you, trying to understand who you are all about. And I guess... It's been taking me a few months to get into this habit, which I love. I hope I can sustain it. I get up and I meditate, you know, for about 10, 20 minutes a day. And it's it's definitely been very helpful. It's definitely been making me a better listener. And so I do exercise, but probably not every day as much as I can. And, you know, on a weekly basis, I try to keep up with some of the things I do on a personal level, going to therapy sessions, cooking, playing music. You know, and keeping up with some of the habits I've had, like, you know, even picking up the phone, calling people from different countries that I've been living at. I recently called um, some of my friends from Toronto from five, ten years ago. And, you know, I lived in Germany for a while. The ability to connect to people who I learned something from, we have good memories together. I think this whole pandemic has had its upside. You know, it made me better. I've published more papers this year than uh, other years. And, you know, I was lucky with the grants that we talked about and was also lucky to connect to others. And I realized it's probably a little entitled for me to say this in 2020 because people are dying and people are losing their jobs. So I guess I don't want to kind of brag about some of the accomplishments in 2020, but 
I guess what I'm trying to say is that even in the most dark days, we, we all may be able to find something that we love and we enjoy and we can make out of it. I've been very fortunate. So on my gratitude countdown, we have a lot of them to go through. But I guess, yes, those are some of the other habits that are more personal, I would say. You know, the meditation, exercising, therapy, cooking, music, and also the professional development, the lessons that I've been continuing every day. So I guess all of those things are probably some of the good things I started in 2020, and I hope I can sustain it over the long term. Thank you for your honesty, Amir. I just, I just always admire your courage that you, you just, you, you put everything out there and, um, you really are a testimony to the, just the community spirit of supporting each other and you get the right people in the right place with the right group and wonderful things can happen. So you are really building some good teams and I thank you so much for sharing your habits and hacks. How could people get in touch with you if they want to contact you and are just listening to the podcast and they maybe aren't on the website and can't see your email easily? Absolutely. So my email address is Amir, A-M-I-R, Apple, Mary, iPhone, uh, Robert, Amir, uh, and then no space, no dot, no dash, Amir Man, M-A-N, Mary Apple, Nancy. So Amir Man at jhu.edu. And I guess before I finish it, let me let me thank you, Kim. I could have not done what I, what I have done, and I could have not been where I am without uh, you and without uh, other mentors like Dr. Brem, Dr. Theodore, uh, my faculty mentors. And, you know, it's been taking me three or four years of listening to your advice and coming to your workshops and classes and listening to the wonderful community of built on Faculty Factory and trying to internalize some of those things. And, you know, I needed what I say if it wasn't for these things, I probably wouldn't be where I am today. So if anything, I'm grateful to you and all of my mentors. Wow, that is so well said. You're very, very kind, very gracious. Friends, you've been listening to the Faculty Factory Podcast. This is Dr. Amir Manbaki. You can reach him at A-M-I-R-M-A-N at J-H dot E-D-U. And you'll see him on the Faculty Factory website too as well. So this has been another episode of the H3, the Triple H, Habits and Hacks from Hopkins. Tune in next time. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, Dr. Manbaki. Thank you, Kim. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to Faculty Factory Podcast. The mission of the Faculty Factory is to build and support a community of leaders in faculty development who share tools, resources, wisdom, and encouragement in service to our faculty members, schools, and institutions. We encourage you to go to facultyfactory.org to find out more, get in touch with me, ask me any questions. Maybe you want to be interviewed on the podcast. Thanks for tuning in to Faculty Factory Podcast. We'll see you next time. The Faculty Factory podcast and website is sponsored by the Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine Office of Faculty. For more information, visit facultyfactory.org.